Hello and welcome to the My Hero Academia podcast, episode two. I'm Sophie. And I'm Kendra. Thank you for bearing with us in our first episode, if you made it through all the poor audio. Thanks for some research and very helpful, constructive critique. We've hoped that this week will be much clearer and we endeavour to go to beyond and create the most enjoyable podcast possible, plus ultra. Plus ultra! (laughs) This week we've decided to change the format slightly. We'll be going through and discussing the anime spoiler-free first before discussing the episode in context of what we know from the manga and going through any possible hindsight. So if you are an anime-only watcher, we'll let you know when to click off and that way you won't be spoiled. The anime episode this week is episode 51, Moving Into Dorms, and the chapter is number 189, which is why he gets back up. Uh, Side note, if you're anime-only and want to try out the manga, these are offering 30 free chapters for 30 days. So if you go on their website or their mobile app, that might be a good way to get into it. And to Kendra with news. So the news this week is that there's going to be a spin-off manga called Watashi no Hero Academia. Basically, My Hero in Academia. It's going to be by a new mangaka by the name Akiyama Yoko. It's going to be centered around the girls of Class 1A. It's more of the joke manga like the Smash one is. And also, there's going to be a My Hero Academia movie showing at Anime Expo on July 5th. It's called My Hero Academia Two Heroes, and I'll just kind of read off the recap thing of it. After the end of the climactic final exams, the UA class members head off to their school field trip for a summer break. However, before they head off to the school field trip, All Might and Deku accept an invitation from someone to go abroad to a floating and mobile man-made city called Eye Island. I never knew Apple's uh, sponsored by your academia. All researchers in the world, both East and West, are gathered in this place, known as the Hollywood of Science, where they research quirks, as well as hero supplemental items at the special iExpo convention that is currently being held on the island. This is where Deku meets the quirkless girl, Melissa. Melissa is, like him, quirkless. Uh, Deku is able to connect with Melissa by recalling when he too was quirkless. During that time, suddenly, despite an iron wall of security surrounding the island, the system is breached by a villain who hacked into it. The people living on the island are all taken hostage. Now, the Hero Association needs to act quickly to deploy their unshakable plan, or else. The only person who can grasp that key is none other than the number one hero, All Might. And it's going to be in theaters August 3rd, which is kind of cool. So uh, if you want to avoid spoilers, maybe try to mute certain words on Twitter. Or don't spoil people if you go. I don't know, whatever you want to do. And we also get to see a bit of the character animation that we see All Might's eyes. But we don't know if this is a flashback or he gets quirked into being younger. Basically all the news. Okay, so let's get started with episode 51, Moving Into the Dorms. So this episode, just like the last one, there's no dub version. So the episode covers the end of manga chapter 97 to chapter 99, and it also closes off the Rescue Bakugo arc. And Kendra was right last week. I mentioned that they didn't include the finale of All Might's discussion with the two Midorias at the end of chapter 97. Yet, Kendra, you had faith that they would put it in this episode, and I didn't. (laughs) Shame on me, and well done you. Yay, but, oh, well, I've got this second Uh, But um, So we have the recap of the last episode, where All Might apologises to Inko, saying that he will protect Izuku with his life. And Inko says that 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 won't do, and allows Izuku to return to UA with All Might. Where he also promises her that he won't make her worry anymore. 
So outside the house, All Might thinks of Inko's words to him and tells Izuku that he has a good mum and that she's like his master. Izuku pulls a real shocked face and then All Might kind of shrugs it off and says that maybe it's their hair, but then kind of goes back on himself to tell him that his mum is strong while he does the sort of the strong arm pose. And some female onlookers get very distressed by his mm-hmm. skeletal form. And I just want to say, like, when he flexes his arm, he does this weird thing where his ar- his hand goes really far down. And I wonder if he kind of does that because that's what he's used to doing in buff form, that he has to kind of, like, do that, show it all off. But here it just looks weird because it's like, he's doing the flex thing with his, like... But there's no, there's no bicep to curl there. Yeah. <laughs> he tries. But then All Might enters the taxi and Izuku then talks about leaving home and entering his new life. And we see Inko crying in the background, sort of watching him, knowing what's going to happen. It's kind of weird that uh, All Might gets into the fr- he gets in the front seat beside the driver. And I tried looking up, even like in Japan, it's like that's not really done. Like usually you sit in the back. So I wonder, like, does the do you think the cabbie like recognizes him and he like signs stuff for cabbies now that he's known as All Might? It was just kind of like a weird little thing I noticed. It could be that, or I guess his his cooperativeness. In the data books was five out of five. So maybe he's just a chatty guy. Yep. <laughs> in the manga, yeah. we don't see Inko crying on the side, but I liked it because it shows that she's really Oh, she's just such a good mum. Yeah. She she knows that this is what he wants and it's best for him, but she's Yeah, and she knows like this is what will make him happier than anything. And she wants yeah. him to be happy, but also alive and have working arms. Yeah, she does want working arms. <laughs> Selfish woman. <laughs> oh, no. Um, then we get a quick montage of the students on the way to school. It only, for all of the students except for Midoriya, it shows them just stationary, but what they're mm. doing and their names and their quirks. Um, I've written down what they're all doing quickly. I don't know if anyone else is interested in this, but my favourite thing about all anime and manga is the character development. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't learn very much about the characters here, but so so Kirishima is looking impatient, trying to get through some train barriers. We see Yayuzuro, and it's just a it's a walking shot of her, but unlike other characters, it's a boob shot. Yeah, it's a boob shot up, and she's sort of holding her bag, both her bag with both hands, looking a bit self conscious. Then we go to Ajiro, who's looking quite wide as he crosses the road. Maybe he's late. Then we see Kaminari and Sero. Uh, Kaminari's drinking his his juice while Sarah's sort of talking to him behind, but Kaminari doesn't look that interested. And Sarah just looks super friendly. Like Sarah's really growing on me. I love him a lot. He does. He looks. He's got hot. He doesn't got very much camera time, but he looks like such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And then we see Hagakure and Shoji, and she they're sort of bumping into each other, and Hagakure saying like waving hello. Then we see Yuraka, mm-hmm. and it's just a face shot. No boob shot for her, like Yaranozuru. Yeah. We see Asui and Mineta. Uh, Asui sees Mineta looking around and checking out one from behind. I took a screenshot mm-hmm. of this and put it on our Twitter account. <laughs> Bear in mind, Mineta himself is only three, three foot six point five. It looks like he's bending down to be smaller to try and look up the woman's skirt. Yeah. And Asui, yeah, and Asui is catching him do it. Uh, give me a whack, Asui. <laughs> pervert moment number one yep. for minute of many we see Todoroki but we only see a headshot of him we see Jiro and Koda walking in 
It looks like Cody sees Jiro, but she's just listening to the music on her earphones. <laughs> he looks like he wants to say hello, but he's too nervous. Yeah, or it's literally yeah, earphones she... because she's using your earphones. Yeah. <laughs> then we see Tokiyami and Sato. Tokiyami is riding his bike, looking back at Sato, who's trying to run to keep up alongside <laughs> him. We see Aoyama, and he's it's just his face, but with some beautiful twinkles next to him. <laughs> Uh, then it's Aida just sitting alone in his class. <laughs> he's such a nerd. He's already there. And he's he's not even doing anything. He's not reading. He's not looking on his phone. He's not trying to go through his homework. He's just sitting there. I, I, would, I would say he, like, sleeps there, but he's, like, too proper to do that. He just, like, probably gets there, like, half an hour early and just waits. Because he's the class president. He's prepared. Sometimes I wonder if he's the traitor and someone killed Aida and created a robot. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> That's amazing. It's like, but when when would they have done it though? Like, has it always been fake, Ida, or like just now? I don't know, but he's not. He's just sitting there. He's not doing it. And whenever we see him, he's got such robotic movements. It's a crack theory. But he's just he's not doing anything. And everyone's running into school, so it's going to be like half an hour early or something like that. So what are you going to do for half an hour? How do you just sit and look at a wall for half an hour? <laughs> Maybe it's something the music thing. Yeah, it does. It seems to seem like really weird. Like I think you remember reading in the manga, it seemed like com kind of ominous. Like it's a joke thing, but it's also kind of like it's a little weird. <laughs> oh, if if there's a robot, you know, I will like cry my eyes out. But yes, I think it's cool. That's interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Paper crack theories. And then we see Shido, and she's running in, but she looks she looks so excited as she runs. We cut to Bakugo and we see his face, but unlike the other people who we've only seen their top half, we only see just one part of the left side and he's listening to his earphones. And he's so cute. It's a very like, cool like shot of him. It is a cool shot, but just too cool to have the whole face. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see Midoriya. He's the last one and he's looking up as he goes. He's the only one that's in motion. The rest are all static. And then the narrator says that the school dorm is just a five minutes walk from the main school building, but still in the premises. I just, I love that it took three days to create that school dorm. And yet Big Ben in London is going to take four years to fix. Oh, yeah. I guess Cementos is just like, he can just do stuff very easily. Oh, uh, Cementos can be good. But also, I like that we get to see that there are dorms for all the other years. Like, we get one shot of where we see all the other dorms, so there's a whole bunch of them. I just feel like I get so lost, I would accidentally go into the wrong dorm at least, like, three or four times. Even though it says, like, in big letters which class it is, I would probably, like, wander around and be like, why? All the buildings look the exact same. Where do I live? <laughs> so, because I'm a very cool person, I did the maths. <laughs> And there's 11 classes in each year because it's A to K ah. and there's three years. So there's 33 buildings. Oh, wow. Or is there A to K for each year or all together? So like second years would be class C? Like is there two classes? I think it's A to K because in the hero course there's only two courses and mm. they're A and B. And then there's general studies, there's business, and there's uh, there's the support. Uh, they've all got different letters. So I'm assuming that they grow up and it'll, they'll be like 1A. And then as they grow up, they'll, they'll become 2A and then they'll become 3A. Ah, okay, that makes sense. But you know what, thinking about it, it must not even be, it must be 34 buildings because they created the staff one as well. 
Oh. So, so it's 34 buildings in three days. I, or I wonder if they, like, hired Ochako's family, because they do construction, right? So it'd just be like, hey. Or, but, like, how are, if they can make something that fast, how are, like, how is there any construction companies? Because they can just, like, also, like, the plumbing, Cementos can do, like, cement. He can't do, like, the piping. Is there a pipe no. hero who just does pipes? Like, how do you do that? Maybe, because I think Oshiko said that she, her initial reason, because she wanted to be able to use her quirk in public, so that's why she wanted to be a hero. So if she wasn't a hero, she couldn't use her quirk to help her family with their construction business. Mm-hmm. Or I think she wants to be she wants to be a hero so she can make money to support her family. Because I think, like, I... Ah, uh, I saw it the other way. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? She's a lovely girl. <laughs> but then we get a quick shot of the students all looking very excited. Except, well, most of the students. We can't see all of them. The ones that don't look excited are Jiro, Todoroki, Shoji and Tokiyami. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they're either shocked or they just don't really care. But when they're all standing there, I put another screenshot of this. And this, it looks like Mineta is trying to look up as she doming the skirt. Yeah, it's just funny that they both have the same face, like the same reaction, but Mineta is so much creepier. He's just the right height for it. Yeah, like, uh, I just, I hope, I hope he gets a growth spurt, just so he, but then he'll be able to, like, look down at girls' boobs, I guess, so no matter what height he is, he's gonna find some way to take advantage of it. Oh, I just had, like, a random question, are the dorms free? Like, that's kind of weird. Like, I know, like, residents in college and stuff, you have to pay a lot. But I don't know if, like, high school, you just get free living spaces, I guess. Because I guess it would be harder. It'd be a harder sell. Be like, oh, come live in dorms. But, oh, by the way, give us this amount of money. Especially for, like, some of the more poor students. Like, Ochako and maybe Deku might not be able to afford it. So I think it's probably free. It looks like they're free. I know that I think it's almost all boarding schools in the UK, even the there's a lot of military boarding schools, people still have to pay some amount to them. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing it for safety, if, if you're producing all these heroes like um, All Might and Endeavour, they must be able to give donations in so they can afford it that way, maybe. Maybe it's like a reduced cost, probably, that it's like not super a lot. Probably they probably have to pay something, but just it's like reduced cost, so they get like a very big, get big discount. So that... That is the end of chapter 97, and now we start chapter 98, and this is where Nezu is discussing why they're all in dorms. He's just looking at a, out of a big window, looking at the premises, sort of speaking to himself. He's saying that they're moving in for safety, and also to try and find the leak of who the traitor is. He suspects both the teachers and the students, even though it pains him to do it, and he's thinking that the loss of the symbol of the peace will be felt in the future but they need energy and revival to push the children towards a bright future. As he said, says this, we can see the children in the background and there's a big cloud of them, but as he keeps talking, the sun starts to shine on them. But I think also now it would be quite weird for him to be the traitor if he's got this sort of self-narration thing. Yeah, but even I guess you could say, given my position that I am the traitor, I have to suspect everybody. Ooh, you're good. That I like... Da, 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 da. We then cut back to Azawa and he's speaking to the kids, saying that he's glad they're all back together. Sarah agrees, and Hagakure says that it was very hard for her. Jiro looks quite uncomfortable next to this, and I'm guessing maybe it's because she's, we know she's quite embarrassed, quite embarrassed easily, but her family made it very easy for her to come back, which isn't really a normal reaction. <laughs> so maybe she's embarrassed and she's uncomfortable because of that. 
And then we see Ojiro agreeing, he sort of backs that up by saying, well, yes, it makes sense because the two of them were the most directly affected by the gas. Asui then says that they're back thanks to their teachers and she was sad watching the conference as she thought they might lose them. And I like that when she talks and she think, she's saying her inner thoughts aloud and honestly, she puts her finger below her lips. Mm-hmm. It's, a very cute, it's a pose she does. It's very cute. It's very cute. Yuraka and Azawa both agree with her. Azawa says that he thinks that more than trying to convince them, it was like they let them go free and then grabbed their tails. I wasn't sure what he meant by that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like they're kind of letting them do whatever they want, but just like just stopping them, but still keeping a bit of control. But yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just that like now they have them close by because the students went wild. They some of the students went rogue, and he knows that. So then it's kind of like now having them on hand, like you guys can do what you want, but still we're gonna hold you back a little bit. And now they have greater control because they're actually on site. That's a good idea. So then instead, he says that instead of explaining the dorms, he claps his hands and says that he wants to focus on getting their provisional guard licenses, which they'd all forgot about, even though that was the reason they were in the training camp at the first place. He then singles out Kirishima, Eozero, Ida, Midoriya and Todoroki, all the ones that went to save Bakugo. He says that they went to save him and that from the looks the other students gave him, he knows that they were aware of it but didn't stop them. And then we get a shot of Asui just looking upset. And then as he says this, the environment changes to windy. We get an upshot of him. We get lots of leaves flowing in the background to represent that the, the atmosphere has changed. And he goes on to say that if it weren't for All Might's retirement, he'd have expelled everyone except for Bakugo, Jiro and Hagakuri. And even though everyone else didn't participate, they were aware of it, but still they did nothing. That they all need to follow procedures in the future to try and bring back their trust. Azawa then swiftly turns around, tries to go inside, but everyone's too down and has no energy to follow. Uh, the intense music abruptly cuts off and he says, let's see some energy in the most monotone voice possible. And he has like little pouches around his waist, which I like. It's kind of kind of like his, what do you... Batman's belt, like he has his like bat belt, I don't know, he has his eraser belt. Uh, so all the students are looking down, but Bakugo homes in on Kirishima, looking upset, and he pulls an unha- also unhappy Kaminari into the bush, though Kaminari's trying to fight back. We then see a big lightning flash from the bush and Kaminari coming out with what I've named his derp face. Yep. He's putting his stupid face and he's got his two thumbs up, and Jiro sees it and loses her mind, just spits out <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I just wonder, did Bakugo sack him or just tell him to send out all of that energy? Like, did he punch him in the balls? Like, I don't know how else he would get him to do that. We don't know. And I don't know how he didn't get Bakugo in the same attack. Yeah, maybe I think punched him in the balls and, like, jumped away. <laughs> he could do, but I just can't imagine Bakugo punching someone in the balls. But uh, I could. He was a bit of a bully in his past, so he probably... I, I could see him doing it. Yeah. But it's for a good cause here. It's not like him being mean. It's him trying to lighten the mood. But sorry, keep going. But um, So then we, as Jura loses it, we see everyone else wondering what Bakugo did. But he goes up to Kirishima and gives him a large amount of money back and says that it's for the night goggles. Kirishima looks very shocked and he asks Bakugo if he shook someone down for the money. <laughs> but no, Bakugo's even angrier at that and said that he just withdrew it. But I did some research. And so I think it says that the... Yeah, the 
night vision goggles are 49,800 yen. Yep. So I used www.xe.com, the currency converter, and in pounds, English pounds, that's 342 pounds, 549 Canadian dollars, and 449 US dollars. Yep, it's a lot of money. Yeah, what 15-year-olds are saving up that kind of money? Yeah, I don't know. And, like, I think he... I'm oh, sorry, back ago said, like, you used up your allowance. And, like, whose allowance is 400 or, like, $500? But I think it's just, like, he probably just scraped up a lot of his, like, savings. Like, maybe he had a part-time job. Or it's, like, he's not really spending that much money when he's in, like, high school. I don't know. So he probably borrowed it from his parents. I, I don't know. But that, it is a lot of money. It's a lot. But then, so after he's given him the money... Bakugo says that what seeing Kirishima save money all the time will make him feel bad, and he just wants Kirishima to go back to showing his normal dumb side. Which is one of the sweetest things that Bakugo has said, bearing in mind that it's not sweet at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's slightly sweet. That's, it's the sweetest Bakugo can get. So meanwhile, Jiro is still losing her mind laughing, at Kaminari's dirt face and even other people telling her that she's laughing too much. <laughs> Kirishima then apologises and says he will treat everyone to yakiniku, which is a type of red meat that's grilled, so kind of like a barbecue. Yep. So he'll treat them to it with the money that Bakugos get just given him and everyone's shocked by that but also really happy. I don't know if they end up going because they end up unpacking their rooms and they have the room competition. So I don't know if maybe they went out to eat a bit before that, or... Yeah, they didn't actually go eat meat. He's a liar. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they go and have a, week, a weekend that's not shown. We'll see it in an outtake somewhere. Yeah, another week. Yeah. But that's such a sweet thing to do. It's so... I, I love Kirishima so much. So then we go inside, and we learn that each class has their own buildings. Like I said earlier, that's 33 classes, the 33 buildings. The girls are on the right, their rooms, and the boys' rooms are on the left, but the gown floor is all shared, and it holds the food, baths, and laundry. So Ojiro says that there's a courtyard in the middle. Ashida then gets very excited by a sofa. I don't know why she gets excited by a sofa. Maybe she's just... She, all her emotions are heightened, and she's like, there's the sofa! I know! <laughs> she just likes couches. Give that girl... Give that girl a cat, like five more couches. She's just like a very happy person. She's a mood setter, kind of, that she like gets everybody excited. Yeah, definitely. And then we see Yuraka, who is losing her mind and faints next to Ida, who promptly goes to her rescue. This is then <laughs> creepy Mineta moment number three, and we're only nine minutes into the episode. Yeah. And he's excited that the baths and the laundry are all on the same floor laundry he's excited by just the underwear there exactly you can find that on the internet but whatever Mineta, you do you you can go to a store and buy girls underwear if you really really want to just buy underwear he seems like the type that would as well he wouldn't have any qualms about yeah. it but when uh. zawa turns him off tells him off we also see an angry red aura around him yes and Mineta it straight away yes sir and he, he promises that he will watch himself. Because Erasia said also that they're separated by gender. I'm like, how do you separate laundry by gender? I guess you just have, like, 
girls and guys laundry. But then, like, if the girls, because there's a lot less girls than there are guys, so, like, the guys' laundry might be full, and then the girls will be empty, so, like, maybe they'll have to, like, bargain with the girls to let them use their laundry, except Mineta won't be able to. I thought about this, and I think in the in the future we see the girls talking in a small room. So I think maybe there's the kitchen sort of in the middle, and then on the side of the kitchen there's places where you can sort of sit down and chill out. So maybe on the back of both sides there's on the left so on the on the right for the girls but there's the toilets and the laundry there and on the left there's the boys toilets and laundry and they can sit on either side and chill out if they want to maybe we don't really see and i wonder like i just kind of wondering do they have like keys or do you think they have like punch cards i don't know no idea i think it's probably punch cards it'd be cool because that way you can like only like certain people can access certain stuff so like the guys wouldn't be able to buzz their way into the girls rooms like it's the girls section yeah that would that would make sense so then we find out that there's four rooms per floor and each of the rooms has an aircon a fridge a toilet a wardrobe and a balcony we see Kavanaugh is standing on one of the balconies and he's still producing his derp face <laughs> yeah Yuraka then faints again as Yeo Rozo says that the wardrobes are the same size <laughs> as hers the Yuraka fainting again isn't in the manga but I really liked it in the anime just to hone in that she's so excited about it I just like the Uraka-kun from Ida I'm like you should be able to catch I wish she'd like slide in and caught her but that probably would have been a bit too shippy but it's also like you guys have fast reflexes robots might have fast reflexes <laughs> true <laughs> Robo, Robo Ida confirmed uh, the, in the anime the room layouts weren't as clear because it just sort of put the names in the top and they were overlapping. Oh, it was like impossible to read. But with the girl, I thought it was interesting yeah. who's, which of the females were opposite who on the same floor. I wonder if they, they, I wonder if there's a door where they could walk through to the male side. Maybe, but I don't think so because when they do the room competition, they have they do all the guys' side like they can only go up, and then they have I think they have to go all the way back down to do the girls. Ah, uh, that's true. Otherwise, it would have been quite good for Jiro and Koda and Hagakure and Ojiro shippers because their rooms are right directly next to each other. But I guess they might be... Maybe there's a door? Because I feel like maybe if, like, in an emergency or something... I wonder, like, there's an elevator. They probably have stairs as well or something. Because what if there's a fire? They must have stairs as well. Or their health and safety codes are just not up to scratch. <laughs> it's built in three days. It doesn't have sprinklers? Like, are they going to have to close down? <laughs> Uh, so the Azawa says that the students are going are left to unpack and he'll come back tomorrow and go through everything. So then later in the evening, we see a, a few of the lads are sitting and relaxing on the sofas unpacking. Kaminari hasn't got his dirt face anymore, so he's recovered from that. Uh, I think this is the first time we see Kirishima's hairband as well. I like that Mineta is so small that he's just lying on the seat of the sofa. <laughs> he's not bending at the hip, he's just lying flat down. Uh, and Kavanari is excited that he's excited about them all living together, despite the circumstances that caused it, and Midori agrees. I don't know if I'd have liked to lived in dorms at school. Uh, I lived in dorms when I was in res. It was okay. I, I don't know about being a teenager, though. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they're 14-year-olds in, re in, like, dorms. They're all hormonal and, like, dumb. So I don't know what'll happen. Yeah. Look, it will be Shanann. I want shenanigans. Give me, give me a whole dorm arc. I would just love laundry drama. Just like, 
noise complaints. Like, give me all of that. I would love it. Like, is there are like, do, like they don't even have like RAs. Like, because that would be like the room resident assistant. So like the first so like they don't really. Have, I guess they could just complain to teachers about stuff, but. Wouldn't it be Ida and and Rosa? Pretty much, but they're not on all the floors. But like, cause like each they're I don't know, it's harder for like if you're on the second floor and then like on the fourth floor you can't really hear what's going on there. So it would just be funny if Ida does like patrols to make sure everybody's quiet. Oh, he probably does. The robot. <laughs> and just like, and like Aizawa's doing like his own patrols, let's say, and he just sees Ida like walking around. He's like, "Go to bed, Ida. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> So we're not sure if we'd like to live in dorms as teenagers, but Ida loves it. He thinks it's a great idea for training, for cooperation and discipline. Um, And Kirishim's like, yeah, you're all for it. (laughs) He's just such a nice, supportive guy. Friends to everyone. He's the best. (laughs) Best bro. And then Ashido comes in, and there's a very weird belly button glittery shot. So weird. I guess it's because like it's the girls in like casual tops, but it's just like why was that necessary? It's such or what's it called like men's perspective men, or it's something called it's from a guy's perspective. It's a shot from like a male perspective, and it's kind of like I don't know, but it's the weirdest fan service. Yeah, it's just it's just a waste. Like what? <laughs> they didn't know, so they just thought we'll put in a belly button shot. Ooh. Guys will love this. Yeah, and I guess like. Yeah, well, a lot of the shots, this one, like, when they were all coming to school and then later for the, like, the, sorry, showing the rooms, it was very much, like, still shots. So I guess they're trying to get, like, some action shots in there because they spent all their money on, like, the fight, the big fight. So now it's like, okay, now we can calm things down, do some still shots, and we can have, like, throw in a little flare every now and then. Yeah, they got a boob shot of Yayi Rosa in, so they thought, ah, oh, we have to give a shit of something. We'll go for the belly button. So then we see all the girls, except for Ashiwa, behind Kaminari, and they're saying that they were thinking of having a room presentation contest. Pretty obviously led by Ashido and Hakaguri. None mm-hmm. of the rest really seemed too interested in the background. <laughs> but we immediately flashed Midoriya, Tokiyami, and Mineta just looking aghast on the sofa, turning around in shock. They then go straight into Midoriya's room as he's screaming no, but they completely ignore consent. I thought it was me Neta for a second, but then I saw the freckles and like the hands coming. Okay, it was Deku because I was like, "What is happening?" But yeah. So it's full of all might things, and Yuraka notices and says that it's a complete otaku's room. So if there are any people listening to this that aren't big anime fans, an otaku is a hardcore fan. Just if anyone's not sure. So Kaminari and Sero, Kaminari and Sero in the background are looking quite unsure, but also saying that it's getting quite fun. And Kirishima's behind them. Not interested at all. And I wonder if that's... He kind of looks to the side. I wonder if that's when Bakugo left. If he saw Deku's room and there was just like, I'm going to bed. It could be. Yeah, it we could don't be. See, or, yeah. Did we, I don't think we saw Bakugo with the rest of the guys. I think maybe he's, he's just not... At this point, he's not interested in talking to anyone. So he sort of packed his room up and then left. But Probably. <laughs> we're not sure. I lost... Yeah. So then... We see Tokiyami who's guarding his room and kind of pretending that this is fool's play. What are you doing? This is stupid. But Ashido and Hagakure push him asunder, completely again, ignoring consent. We go into his room and it's pitch black except for a few purple lights. What I noticed that I hadn't seen before when I was reading the manga was there's a poster on the right-hand side that just says, Die, die on it. 
Oh my god! <laughs> and even the aircon, he's put wings next to the aircon unit. <laughs> evil air conditioning. Evil air, <laughs> evil air conditioning. And Kirishima's getting quite excited about this. He's going through his things. He's saying, "Oh, this is a keychain that I had in middle school." In middle school, Midori is getting excited about a sword, and Ashido's just stood there like, "Is this what boys like?" Before Tokiyama uses his mind, "Get out, leave." So we switch over to. Deku notices a sword, and then they, he finally kicks them out. I'd be excited by the sword, you know, but I'd also wonder, did they not search, if they're thinking there's a traitor there, did they not search everyone's things? <laughs> no weapons allowed, but then, like, they all have quirks, so they all, like, have built-in weapons. But also true, it's like, I guess you could, like, excuse it, like, it's decorative sword, or it's his hero equipment, so he's allowed to have it. We haven't seen him use it, but it would be cool if eventually... Uh, Tokoyami, like, whips his sword out and, like, starts doing cool stuff with Dark Shadow. And having a sword in your room, just when you're worried there's a traitor there, seems a bit out of field to me, but, you know, whatever. He's into it. Maybe it's like, he's the traitor and so's the principal and he allowed it because he wants him to... No, I don't know. (laughs) He wants violence. (laughs) Maybe it's, it's training, it's a logical ruse. I would I wouldn't be surprised. Yue is very lax in some points. So then we go into my favourite Aoyama's room. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's so sparkly and they go in and they say, Oh, it's dazzling it's it's so bright and he says, No 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 dazzling. As he says dazzling, he pulls all these different sort of voguing poses. And they leave before like we can hit the egg. And, like, he has a whole suit of armor. And, like, how could he even fit in his bed? There's mirrors, like, on the bed sheets. To get in his bed, he would have to, like, lift his mirrors out. I counted them. He has seven mirrors. The knight's armor, it's like a European-style knight's armor. Ooh. So I wonder if that's... We don't really know much about his reference, his background, but I wonder if that's because he says a lot of Spanish and French words. I wonder if he's got some sort of European background. Maybe he's half French or something? Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it could be. But seven mirrors. That's, that's a lot. I wonder, like, he's obviously, like, narcissistic. But also, it could be that, like, his laser, he could, like, shoot it, bounce it off mirrors, maybe? I guess he wouldn't be doing that in his room, but it would be kind of cool if he ever, like, played around with that, of being able to, like, bounce stuff off. I need some mirrors for practice. Where can I get some? Ah, oh, don't worry, I have seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's just an egotist. <laughs> But no, I, I don't know. I like trying. I like trying to think of like stuff how they can use stuff. So then, Kaminari, Ashido, Hagakure, and Yazuru all leave the room uninterested, with Hagakure saying that it's the room falls exactly within what she would think it would be. Uh, Yuraka gets very excited about the next room, but then realizes it's Mineta's. Yeah. She looks round and we see him creepily with a purple look, purple aura around him, trying to lure them into his room with one finger for everyone. Everyone ignores him and goes straight to the third floor. There's no discussion. It's just, nope. I wonder, like, what could be in there, really? Like, does it just have, like, a shrine to Mountain Lady and, like, all the girls? Or is it just... I bet it's just, like, completely ordinary and he just has, like, porn magazines, like, out in the open or something. Where I took... I took screenshots of everyone's room and I wanted to try and find a picture of a creepy teenager's room just with boob posters everywhere, but I didn't want that on my Google history. Oh, yeah. But I bet it's just, it's just lined with 
pornographic images. It's probably a lot of figurines of like very big boobs. Yeah, so then we go into we go up a floor and we go into a Giro's room and everyone says, Oh, it's such a, no- a normal room. He says, Oh no, I, I know it's boring, you don't have to be kind. Oh. Uh, next is there's nothing interesting in his room. I don't know if you picked up on anything, but I was having a look and I couldn't really see anything. Not really. I'm clear. I'll look at the picture I have. It's literally just like it's basically what like the demo room that Ayazawa showed before. It's just like it the be- like the bed sheets are a nice color, I guess, and he has a matching trash can. His curtains don't match, so I'm ashamed of him. At least if you're gonna be boring, match. No, I think I, I looked at the curtains on all of the rooms, and I think they might be the curtains that they were giving given, because there's a few people that have the same blue curtains. Oh, I know Ida has different... I'm looking through... Oh, uh, yeah, the Shoji has the same color curtain, so I think it is the default curtain. Mm. If I was going to have anyone's room, this would be my room. Just a boring room with nothing in. I think I'd have Ojiko's room, because Ojiko's room... She has, like, a nice cactus. She does have a nice cactus, that's true. Yeah. But his is room... Sorry, what? Um, Ojiro's room is so, like... It's so simple that it's, like, seeing something's off, even. Just, but cause there's no clutter, but I guess he just moved in. I would be more interested in seeing their rooms, like, halfway through. Because, like, if I look at my room now, my room is full of junk. I just want to see one of them have, like, a really, really messy room. Because then I could, like, relate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess if you just moved in, it would be the nicest, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so then we move into Ida's room, and as they get in there, he says, this look, a completely normal room. And we see some big, hard books. Books everywhere. There's even books on the floor. But then Yuraka notices he's got tons of glasses all lined up, and everyone laughs, and he doesn't know why. He's saying, well, I prepared. I knew that we'd be in combat situations, so I brought these extra glasses. But he just he doesn't see why everyone's laughing at him. Yeah, I think the glasses are expensive, especially prescription glasses. He comes from a hero family, though, doesn't he? So they've got to be pretty well off. Yeah. Or even maybe he just has the frames and then he can, like, get the glasses put in. But yeah, he's from a hero family, so he's probably set. So then we're going to Kaminari's room, and it there's so many hats. Yeah, and we've never seen him in a hat. No, only in the, I think in some of the um, the alternative universe ones, he's wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the just the random pictures that Horikoshi draws, he's wearing a hat. But even there's a few fashion things. There's even some watches that are hang up on the back, and people comment that it's so gaudy. But in the manga, it's more gaudy. There's a few extra things added in, so small extra skateboards and things like that. But even next to the aircon, he's got two random car number plates. Yeah, that was weird. I thought like maybe it would spell something, but it's just like one two three eight oh two, and then like nine. But yeah, they're just like. Bore? Like, why? Do you just steal these and buy them? And, like, they're not interested. No. Maybe the places they are fr- I can't read what places they're from. I don't know if Japan does that. Because, like, I know in some places it'll say, like, the province or, like, the state that it's was from. Yeah. I don't know if maybe it's, like, a part of Japan that he really likes, so it says it on top of the license plate. Maybe. That's a good idea. Yeah, it could be. Um, so then... Even his shirt says Thunderbolt. This is such a female thing, but I was wondering, maybe, like... Like, his bed is also black and yellow. Yeah, and he's got some Thunderbolts on his some of his drawers. He's fashionable. Yeah, he's committed. 
Oh, he has a, he has a, he has a, sorry, he has a shirt framed, but it's just a black shirt. And it's like, why do you have that framed? Like, I, you can't tell if it has something on it. People frame sports shirts, don't they, if they've been signed by someone. Oh, so maybe that's the hero he looks up to signed his shirt. Uh, so then we go into Coda's room, and he has got an adorable bunny rabbit. He's got lots of animal themes. He's got some stuffed toys in the bed. He's got an animal calendar. He's got animal prints on his pin board. And the girls fall in love with the rabbit. And we see Ashido and Yuraka playing with the rabbit while also wearing some of Ida's glasses that they've stolen. Slash borrowed. But also these are like, it would be hard to see. Because like prescription glasses, they differ. So like if you have ordinary vision, it would kind of like blur it a little bit. But I also just want to say that I like his room because it has, like, nice, like, I, I love green, so I like the green colors. It's a bit too, like, light for my taste. It's, like, light green. But I think his room is decent looking. It's nice. It is. I, I love the rabbit. I love rabbits. But they would smell having one in just your room. Oh, yeah. I wonder, like, well, how lax are the rules? They can have swords and, like, pets in here. I Can someone just bring their dog? You wouldn't want to have, like, a German shepherd there, would you? No. Or an Akita as it is Japan. Um, so the boys get angry at Koda, and they, they tell him that having a rabbit is cheating. Midoriya noticed that everyone is suddenly getting competitive. Uh, and then we cap to Kaminari, Ujiro, Tokiyami, and Ayama, all the ones that have their rooms slightly dissed, and they're looking unhappy. Mineta then chimes in, saying that it seems very unfair that if they're doing a competition, trying to find out who has the best interior decoration sense, that they're just looking at the boys when really they should be looking at the girls as well. And as he says this, we get lightning flash in the background. Hoshido then, she pretty quickly agrees with, a, with Jiro looking taken aback in the background. We then cut quickly to the ones who are uninterested and don't care, which is Kirishima, Sato, Shoji and Todoroki, who are either sort of playing with their fingers, picking their nose or looking at their phone. We see Bakugo also, he's he's already asleep. And Midoriya, who is thinking, is this really okay? Can we see the girls' rooms? He's so shocked. I think there's some electricity in the background. And then we cut to the credits, and that is the end of chapter 98. And when we start again in the second half of the episode, that's the start of chapter 99. We learn that Suyu likes Jello and Sato likes cake. Mia smirks because if only he had wanted it, he would have been made fun of, but everyone bag bandwagoned on top, so they wouldn't be embarrassed. He does some creepy drool, saying it's a natural thing of snooping in girls' rooms, and he has this gross drool fountain, which I want to count as this the fourth creepy thing he's done. I was going to say that, yep, this is the fourth creepy moment. Because it's just so weird. And Todoroki looks at his fingers, thinking he's sleepy. And the fourth floor is Bakugo, Kirishima, and Shoji. And we learn... Oh, sorry. Did you notice that when they were walking, Ashido, she she looks like she's marching. She's so excited about it. She really is the energy because she's just... Her arms are just propelling her forwards as she goes. <laughs> I didn't notice. That's cute. And they wonder where Bakugo is. And Kirishima knows that Bakugo went to bed, says it was lame. And Kirishima is also tired. He doesn't care. But, and he, but the, so he decided to do his room next. And he doesn't think the girls will get this manliness. The girls are so excited. They run to his room, just air fist bumping as they go, like, yeah, Kirishima's room. Yay. <laughs> Clocks with muscular arms. He has, like, I think he has a Crimson Riot poster 
And so people online point out he has like a Luke Skywalker poster on the back wall and there's a Freddie Mercury poster on the side. And they're kind of mean and they say the room ranks second for rooms that you would least want your boyfriend to have. And I'm like, who is the top one right now? Is the top one Tokoyabi? Uh, see, I thought it was Aoyama because it's Hagakuri that says that. And when she left Aoyama's room, she was the one who said, oh, as I expected, it falls ex- right in with my hypothesis. So I think maybe it's Aoyama. And we don't see her in Tokiyami's room either. But I could be wrong. But it's such a mean thing to say to his face. Oh, I know. It's it's a nice. I like his room. It's decent. I like the. I'm the. It's like I like those flame patterns. It's a bit like stereotypically manly, maybe. Uh, but Ochiko is excited to see like it's hot and stuffy. Just stuffy is a weird line. I he. He takes it as a, I think he takes it as a compliment, but you're right, I don't know if it is a compliment. It might just be a weird translation, maybe, but I don't know. It's so hot and stuffy, yeah! (laughs) See, even when she says that, we see a really quick flash in the background of Kaminari, who looks really hot and is sort of fanning himself with a shirt. Tokiyami looks dismayed, he's got his head in his hands, and Ojiro, it looks like there's some sweat coming down his face. It's a really quick panel. But I just love Tokiyami with his head and his face like, oh, God, it's so hot in here. Maybe Kirishima, like, doesn't believe in air conditioning. Like, men, men don't need air conditioning, so he just, like, turns it off. I wonder if, you know, with the, there's the fitness trend of when people, um, they do it, especially in hot yoga, oh, yeah. where you work out and you wear the extra hot layers and things, because he's got the punching bag in there and he's got his uh, his weights. So I wonder if it's a fitness thing to have the heat there, like, oh, I can use so much sweat, I'll... I'll bulk up and shred at the same time. Probably. I think, does he have weights in his room? Let's check. Yeah, it's more obvious in the manga, but I double-checked with the anime, and they are some weights, but you can see them just behind his body. Yeah, weights, and he has a punching bag. And he's not finished unpacking. Yes, I wrote that as well. He lied when he came down, and Kevin asked him he finished packing. He's not finished packing. And he has some flames on his desk, and he has, like, a little figure of a robot. Are you a Gundam fan, uh, Kirishima? I, I like the wave. He's in cahoots with Ida. Oh, oh. <laughs> he's the one puppeting Ida. They're both the trainer. Okay, and next is Shoji's room. And I just like that Shoji talks with his arm things. I always forget. And his, th- his room is just a desk and like blankets and a curtain. And that's it. That is so weird. But it's, uh, Todoroki says, didn't know you were a minimalist, and he just doesn't like having a lot of things. And Minata starts looking for porn. Even, so his desk is a floor desk, and Shoji's six foot two. That's so bad for his back, bending down all the time. <laughs> I think he, he would be, I guess he'd be, he'd be sitting down, and I guess he would, like, lean down. It's so, it's weird. Maybe he, like, maybe he, like, lies down completely and writes. It's bad for his health. He needs to see someone from occupational health therapy because he's going to get all sorts of back and shoulder ache when he's old if he keeps doing this. Proper body safety. Yes. I like that in the anime, Mineta's actually going through the different futons of his bed. In the manga, he's just telling him, but here, nope, he's rifling through for some sort of pervert signs. Leave it alone, Mineta. I know. Uh, And... Ciro is next. I, th- I I thought his room was kind of bohemian, but the girls would say it's very Asian, according to them. And he has a hammock and so many patterns. His room is like is the mo- easily the most stylish. It's I love it. Asui is very into it, and then Ciro says something kind of weird. He says, "Always expect the unexpected from me." And it's like traitor. <laughs> 
and his elbows look cool. And next is Todoroki. Momo thinks he is the most capable student in the class. Ashido thinks he's the hottest. And Hagagura thinks that he is aloof and there's hearts in the background. So everyone at least kind of has a crush on Todoroki. Same. Uh, and Todoroki says, hurry up, I'm sleepy. It's a very Japanese-style room. And they wonder if it was built differently. And he can't relax without being on atami flooring. Yeah, so atami flooring is basically a mat that's made out of rice straw, uh, but it's very expensive to have at the bottom. So even when people come out, so even when they come out, if you're wearing slippers in the house rather than your normal shoes, you can't even wear slippers on it because it's so delicate and expensive. So that's what atami flooring is. They ask, like, how'd you change it in one day? And he's like, I worked hard. And he doesn't have a bed, but I guess, like, I looked it up in that, that kind of flooring, it's kind of comfy, so you basically just, like, put a futon on it. So he probably has a futon in a drawer or something. They can just pull it out when he wants to go to bed. Yeah. But he's changed everything. He's changed the walls. He's changed the floor. He's changed the window. He's put those shoji's in front. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the shoji part? or? Oh, please do. Okay. So the, for the shoji part, shoji's name is from a line in Japanese that basically... But the, it translates into walls have ears, doors have eyes, or kabi ni mimiari shoji ni miari. And the shoji in that part is the wind, is the kind of like door, like sliding door, which they're very thin, so it's easy to eavesdrop through them. So the idea is kind of like anybody can listen in. And since he has his, he can make ears anywhere on his body, he can like snoop easier. So that's why he has a shoji in his room. <laughs> So everyone looks very shocked by this, except for Kaminari and Meta, who are very angry. They get angry a lot. Anyone's rooms are better than theirs. They're like, what the hell? And next is Sato. He has a very yellow room. He has an oven. He's finished unpacking really quick, so he made chiffon cake. Uh, there's a cool shot from within the oven, because usually all these sh all the shots of the different rooms have been very static, so they I guess they kind of played around trying to do cool different stuff. He opens it. He wants to share with everybody, which is so nice. Like him, both him and Kirishima are like very open and like wanting to share stuff with the class. Kirishima really shines in this episode because even when they're walking into the room, and Sato says, "Oh, it's just a boring room." Kirishima's like, "Oh, don't worry, buddy. Like everyone's room is boring compared to Todoroki's room." Yeah. Uh, the girls love the cake. Momo wants him to bake something for when she has tea next time, and Sato blushes. And he wants to keep tree, uh, which is really cute. And he just makes it for training because for his quirk, buying sweets can be expensive. Uh, anything you want to say about his room? Um, we didn't really see a very, we didn't see a one clear shot panel of it, uh, which was just different to anyone else. It doesn't really mean anything, but. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, he was very sweet when he was leaving and he was upset. He was like, oh, the pretty boys do things differently. I like him. Don't worry, Sato, you're pretty too. Yes, he doesn't get to shine that much because honestly, there's like watching this, you kind of realize like there are so many of these kids, so it's hard to like focus on all of them. So I feel I, I understand Horikoshi, even though I want to see more of the other guys, but it's okay. 20 is quite a lot of main characters to of, like quite a lot of characters to choose for a class, especially when there's then 20 of class B as well. And we go to Jiro's room, she has a deep dope wall matching her shirt she wore earlier. She has red and black checkered ceiling and a white and black checkered floor. It's covered in musical speakers, drum set, keyboard. There's three guitars. Uh, Kaminari has, says she has more instruments than even he thought. 
and Hagagura calls her a rocking girl, and then Tominari's like, it's not girly at all, and Aoyama being, uh, I don't know, being a, I would say a bitch, because he's like, not ladylike at all, like the pose he does for it too, he's like deliberately kind of being like the mean girl here, mean, I guess mean girl, that's what I mean. And Jiro just attacks them with her earlobes and blasts them, which is like, yes, they deserve it. With Kirishima and Midoriya and Ojiro just looking in terror while she's doing it. Fear her. She's got a lot of earphones in her room. Why? <laughs> I guess maybe it's something that if she wants to listen to different things or something, or maybe some of them are higher quality than her earphones. That like some stuff have better bass and stuff, so maybe her hero, maybe her earphones don't have good bass or something. Yeah, she could also she could be a collect maybe a collector of musical instruments. Oh, I guess because her, both her parents work in the industry, maybe she just sort of gets them free. But mm-hmm. she's got her earphone jack in it. She's got all those earphones. Yep. Uh, next is Hagagura's ha- room. Her room is very stereotypically girly. It's very pink, lots of stuffies. Uh, Mineta says plus ultra as he looks for underwear and Hagagura. Mineta says plus ultra as he looks for underwear and Hagagura yells at him. Uh, her yeah, her room's just kind of girly and that's it's not super interesting. Does she have a mi- okay? I need to check. Does she have a mirror in her room? Just because it'd be funny because she like yeah, I'm not sure. But when she goes in and she says in third person, next is me, Hagagura, and then she opens the door. There's another very strange fan service moment. Did you notice the weird boob bounce? Oh, yeah! It sort of zooms in on her chest and she has a weird boob bounce and there's all this glitter in the background, in the background before she, before when she's like opening the door and before we see anything. Why? Uh, I guess because like she doesn't, they're just like, we need to slide, she doesn't have a face, so we need to put some boob action in there. I just thought it was unnecessary, but hey... Uh, next is Ashido. Her room is also very pink, but also black. It has a lot of funky patterns. And Ashido, she has a lot of patterns in her stuff. Oh, she has she has one stuffed animal. I, I love stuffed animals. I have, like, one, like, turtle pillow. So whenever I see stuffies, it makes me happy. Yeah, both both her and Hagakuri both had a lot of stuffed animals. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, next is Ochiko. Her room, she has a TV, a fan, and a very cute cactus. She says it's not very interesting. And she has a poster of constellations above her bed, kind of fitting with her gravity quirk. So I guess, like, now she could say, if she touches somebody, she's like, go to Orion, bitch! <laughs> she is kind of right. Out of all the girls, it is the most boring one. Yeah, but, like, all the other girls' rooms are very much like, or, I guess we're going to see more later of, like, uh, Momo and stuff, but... I, I like her rooms the most normal, because, like, uh, Hagagura's room is a bit too, like, pink for me. Ashido's is nice, but it's a bit, like, all those patterns. I, I don't know, I really like ca- cacti, so I like, I like the cactus a lot. Ashido's room is it's very loud, but I guess also Iraka's not going to have very much money to buy a lot of things. So it makes it more sense that she hasn't got, she hasn't got as much stuff in there, maybe. And Ojiro feels dirty looking at so many normal girl rooms. And Tokuyami says, a forbidden garden. Uh, and then we can see that Siro has taped up Mineta after the underwear incident. And he's just a ball on a string. Yes, because that wasn't in the manga, so I wasn't sure what it was. And I looked at the size and was like, oh, they've restricted him. It wasn't the manga. It was like a sing- It was a single panel in the manga as well. Oh, I must have missed that bit then. But I, I wish the anime had spent a bit more time in it. Like I wish, I wish they could we could have had a scene where he like wrapped him up or something, or even like had that 
with like the tape lump like move or something just because i think they could have played around with that and had fun but they didn't do anything no they could have cut out the weird boob bounce and they could have cut out the strange belly shot and they could have just put a few seconds of that because it kind of let the joke land a bit but it would have been like it would have helped it just a little bit if they spent like a few seconds longer on it i think you're right uh asu oh wait suyu isn't there uh they i just love they call her suchan it's very cute uh Ochiko says she wasn't feeling well, and she peeks out at the door at them. And I remember, like, reading it in the manga, it felt, like, a lot more ominous. Here, it's, like, just a bit weird. And next is Momo's room. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, I I'm gonna call her Momo. Momo is just... <laughs> yeah, it's easier than Yuyaozuru. I don't even know. I'm probably not pronouncing it right. Yuyaozuru. Yuyaozuru. Yeah. Sorry, Momo. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, I just don't have her... Yeah. Uh, Momo's room is just a bed and a desk and a bookcase. She miscalculated and didn't f can't fit it all. It's very cramped. She didn't think the rooms would be so small. And they're like, oh yeah, she's a rich girl, all right. She's even got a feathered fountain pen on her desk. Those things are expensive. Oh yeah! Yes. <laughs> uh, and the first room king competition begins minus uh, Tsu and Bakugo. And they don't mention Mineta at all because he doesn't deserve it. Uh, we get dramatic shots of them all, and then there's just Aoyama <laughs> being like, hmm. There's a weird underboob shot again of Ashido. Why Why are they putting these weird fan service bits in? We don't need a few seconds of underboob Ashido shots, but other, other than the strange mm. fan service bits, the episode is really good, and I don't hate them, but they're just... Mm. You, could, you could easily do better jokes. You could do jokes in other places or improve stuff instead of doing weird boob shots. But anyways, yay anime. Uh, Sato won with five votes. The girls all voted for him because of cake. I want, I want to know like who came second. Like I want to know, did Ciro get all the other votes? Mm, pro probably him or Todoroki, wasn't it? But then even as the girls are thinking about the cake, they're all drooling. <laughs> so Mineta drools about perverted reason and they're all drooling about cake. If you're, I, I think it's good to drool. I want cake now. It's okay to drool about cake. And the guys are kind of giving him shit, saying aspiring heroes shouldn't use bribery, and they kind of whack him. And he's super happy, and uh, Sato is super happy, which is so cute! He doesn't even win anything, but he's just like, I don't know, it's nice to be appreciated. And also, it's only Kaminari and Mineta that are angry, and they've been angry multiple times. They were never going to win, I don't know what they were thinking. And Todoroki is, says, is it over? Can I sleep now? And Ida, being the nerd robot that he is, since you had cake, don't forget to brush your teeth. He does this super fast brush teeth motion, like a nerd. Uh, Deku is like, oh, he was waiting till it was over, huh? And Which is a lot nicer than Bakugo, who just went straight to bed. But before he can do that, Ochako asks Todoroki to wait. She asks Deku, Kirishima, Ida, and Yarozo as well, leading them out to talk to Tsuchan. Uh, she can't help saying everything... Oh, and... I guess they kind of walk up and they kind of don't know where they're going at first. Yeah, and when, when they when they see her, you can't see her eyes either. She's just looking down. So they have no idea what's going on. In the manga, it was almost like it felt kind of, it was like very ominous. Like we didn't know and it was kind of like, what's happening here? Like, is she going to attack them? Because especially because she had that weird moment when she peeked out at them. And like in the manga, we had like weeks in between some of this stuff. So it was especially like ramping it up. But I think it was good they kept it all in one episode, because if it had been, like, separated over a bunch, it would have dragged on a little too much. So I understand why they did it. 
and as Tuchan says, she can't help saying everything that comes to mind, but there are times when she doesn't know what to say. She asks if they remember what she said at the hospital. She said that it, oh, and as she said it, it sounds like she's going to cry. And back at the hospital, she said breaking the rules was the same as the villains, so she hardened her heart to say that. And Ochako puts her arm on his back, on her back. Ochako also said some harsh things. She said that Bakugo wouldn't want to be saved. But they still went, and she was surprised because she honestly thought she'd stop them until Eraserhead said something that that morning. Because I think I think we talked a bit about it last week, and you thought that they might not have made it onto the news, and it looks like they really didn't. That like no one knew until they were actually told about it. And she was filled with disappointment and bad feelings. She didn't know what to say, didn't feel like she could have fun with everybody anymore. And I guess it's nice to, like that after such intensity, and then we get the nice like happiness. So it's nice to remind us that like they just went through a lot of shit, even the ones who didn't go and say back go, and it still like hurts. And not not being able to talk with everyone made her super sad, and she starts crying these huge ghibli tears. And when Yuraka kind of backs her up then, doesn't she? And she says that everyone feels the same. But I think, because Yuraka, when she says this, she looks behind her. So I think, as you said, she said some really harsh things. So she's remembering what she said and she's ashamed of it as well. But maybe she's not as, as honest and gutsy as Sue is. And she doesn't want to just come out and say that she's, she's, she's pawning off as, yeah, everyone feels like this. But deep down, she's feeling very upset as well. Yeah, and like she kind of puts on like a very false, like kind of a false positive front. Let's all work hard and laugh together. And she does like a cute arm pose, but she's also upset. Kirishima also cries, saying he's sorry and thanks for telling us. Uh, I just love Ida's Su Chan Kun, which is very cute. I wonder how the dub will handle it. Maybe because she likes to be called Sue. But I know Ida, or no, to sorry, she likes to be called Sue, but I know Todoroki still calls her by her last name more. Because it's more like how comfortable you are referring to people. They all promise to never do it again. Kira Shrima holds the shoulder and Momo touches her head as she cries. Todoroki also, Todoroki also apologizes. Did you want to say something, sorry? No, I was just agreeing with you. Okay. Okay, nice. Everyone was trying hard to make things normal again. Deku also cries. I love it when characters cry, because it just, it feels very real. And Deku, you can see Deku has a huge scar on his arm from the fight with Muscular. It's really pronounced in this episode, isn't it? Yeah, but I guess it's still fresh and... It's only been a few days, really. Less, probably been less than a week. But... They're, they're going back to their usual lives of making each other better as we aim to be heroes, which I think is a very cute line. We get a pretty shot of the dorms with an over-the-night sky, and we see a shooting star, and then it goes to the... So when we see Midoriya, he, as a narrator, and he says this, and his actual character is, look, is turning around and looking up at the moon, and there's that shooting star. Imagine being one of these other characters, and like Sue's crying her eyes out, and everyone's comforting her, and then he's just sort of standing back, turning around, just looking at the moon. <laughs> oh, Deku, what are you doing? Uh, and I guess, like, she doesn't... also like that she doesn't apologize for what she said, either. She's standing by it. She just doesn't want to have the awkward feeling of them all kind of, like, being on... What's the phrase? Being on their tiptoes or, like, uneasy around each other? On their toes around each other. I think it's good they kind of got out in the open now. They can try to keep going and, like, learn to be heroes. And now we're gonna, we want to do the bit where we try to rank the rooms ourselves of which rooms are our favourites. So at number five, I put Aoyama. 
he's my favourite. I love his room. It's so it would be too bright for me, but it's so uplifting. You know, especially in school, if you had a bad day, you haven't done well on your test, which we know he's not a very good student, so usually he doesn't. And you come back to this bright, sparkling room. It's just going to cheer you up. Number four, I had Coda because I love rabbits. It's a very cute room, but also rabbit smell. Even if you're changing, even if you're changing their litter trays every day, there's going to be some smell there. I had Todoroki as number three. Number two was Tokoyami because I was thinking back as a teenager. I was quite emo, very into my heavy metal. Wore a lot of black. His room would probably, his room would be one of the closest that resembled mine. And then number one, I think we've got, yeah, we've got the same number one. Number one was Sarah's room. That hammock, so comfy. My number five is going to be Sato. I just, I kind of like the color scheme of the green and yellow. He has the, he's able to cook there. It's all like very simple. He has like kind of a display case where he can store stuff. It's, it's nice and simple. It's, kind of, it's colors I like, and I like food, so he can cook stuff. Yeah, I can cook stuff in that room, let's say. Uh, number four is Kirishima. I just love Kirishima in general, so I kind of like the dorkiness of the very, like, red, the, like, very, like, manulous, man, yeah, the very manliness idea. I just love the arm clock. Uh, strong time. And... <laughs> Uh, number three is Ochiko, because her room is, like, pretty plain, but I, I like the colors again. She has, like, a fan, she has a TV, she has a cactus, I like plants. It's simple, but it has, yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I think she has a laundry hanger or something hanging from the, the drapes, maybe? Because there's some weird green, ha green hanging thing. I think that's cute. Uh, number two is Todoroki, just because his room's really cool, like, it's very, very stylish looking, like very the Japanese style. I like the plants again, like the bamboo. He has some flowers. It's, it's nice. And number two, I'm sorry, number one is, uh, seat, oh, see, I number, sorry, number one is, uh, Ciro, just because I really like the colors. It just seems very stylish, very put together. He has a hammock, and he has, like, like a little privacy screen, which is kind of cute. He also completely changed his drapes as well, because, uh, I guess... That's when you pull up more, I think. It might be a sliding one. I can't tell. Yep. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, like everyone else's rooms, like the other girls, some of the, like Hagagura and Ashido's uh, rooms, like I'm don't really sure. do anything for but me. And poor Lobo's room is just like. In our, in our top doesn't really get the chance to be a room since it's mostly bed. <laughs> yeah, they're a bit too busy. A bit too busy. I like, I kind of like the more simpler rooms. But like still, even though Cyril's room is also pretty busy, it's simple, but it also has like so kind yeah, of a nice like reddish too, tone all the way around. They're too bright. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Oh, I feel like Sue's room would be very green and maybe have like lily pads to it almost. I don't know if she might just have like a pool of water or something. Like I don't know how much like Sue how much she needs to like keep herself wet at all. So I feel like there might be a pool even in her room, just like a very tiny one, but maybe not because it's not very big of a room. And I feel like Bakugo, oh no, uh, did you, I think you kind of said what you thought a room would look like, or did you want to go into it more? 
Yeah, I was thinking it could have like some sort of swamp theme, but then I was like, how do you have a swamp room? How do you have a swamp themed room? Yeah. Or, yeah, Bakugo would have, like, a lot of secret stuff. And I feel like he would also have a lot of flames and maybe a bit kind of like Kirishima's room in having it, like, flames. And maybe even a bit like Tokoyami with some of the emo stuff. So he'd probably have, like, at least a few skull posters up since he wears that skull shirt a lot. Uh, I, I just feel like there'll be a lot of sneaky All Might stuff in there that he's hiding. <laughs> no, it's black. He can hide stuff. And he, like, he's listening to music on headphones, so maybe he'll have, like, a little bit of some music stuff in there, maybe. But I definitely expect there's at least a few All Might posters in there. I think it'll be, like, a mishmash of everything. I hope eventually they'll do a second Room, ki- room King competition, and we'll get to see some of the different stuff. And it kind of makes me wonder if in the second year they might switch up the classes a bit. Because I know, like, when I went in classes for college, though, that we still, we were in separate sections, and it still stayed, stayed mostly separate, but there'd be a bit of crossover. So it'd be kind of interesting if, like, for some of the students that we don't see that much of, maybe they would get down, downgraded, if that feels kind of bad to say, put into class uh, 1B. Yeah, they could do. We, in uni, obviously, we, I did nursing, so we only had one. We had every, everyone was in the same thing. We only did the one subject. And in school, everyone, you switched up your classes depending on what grade, what, how intelligent you are and which grade class you'd be in. But for your house and your form room, everyone stayed the yeah. same. Because when we had sports days, it would be like your house versus other people's house, just like Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if they would change the form rooms up. But there's some fan theories that the school might not be going in the second and third year. <gasps> no! Because it's had so much, it's had so much drama yeah that they'll have to shut it down i know some people want shinso to like be transferred into their class instead of mideta i really want shinso to be transferred it would be nice i don't i don't think the class i don't think they'll close i don't think they'll close the school unless like a teacher dies or something or a student dies i hope none of the students die that's what i wonder i think the traitor if they do something bad enough, like something goes so wrong, it might close the school. But that depends, like, how long My Hero Academia is going to go for. Like, I hope we'll get to see their second year. It'd be kind of sad. But, like, they've crammed so much in that their first year has been very busy. I think it has to go to at least the third year because we know from the narrator, the narrator is Midoriya, and he says, this is the story of how I became the number one hero. And all heroes seem to become heroes at 18 when they graduate. So now we're briefly going to talk about the anime in response to the manga that we already know about. So if you're a manga, if you're an anime only viewer, switch off now, otherwise you will be spoiled. So now I'm assuming they've gone. Uh, So the first note that I had was just talking about right at the very start of the episode where Izuku's promising that his mum, that he won't make any trouble. But then when he fights Gentle and Labrava, he's really disregarding that and it's only... It's only for a school festival. But he doesn't get hurt then, though. I think I think he's more ignoring his mom during overhaul when he, like, he really does risk a lot, but then he does have uh, Aerie kind of as the, like, undo button. Yeah, but then even both of the times when he's fighting these enemies, he doesn't know their capabilities and how harmed that he'll get, but he does it anyway. Yeah. 
I think at least the, the one change he has done is now he has kick style, so that's kind of his consideration for his mom and being able to use his own arms, is to kind of use the kick stuff more. And I think we're about to get that to that in the anime, maybe? Yeah, he's put a, he's put a small consideration in place. Yeah, because he can't stop fighting completely, because he's, he's going to be a hero, but at least he hasn't... Has he gotten any really major injuries that weren't undone by Aerie? I don't think so. Yeah, so he's, he's kind of followed that, but he's still like he's still definitely living a little too dangerously, especially the school festival thing. It's a school festival. Yeah, and it's all through luck as well. He's not been injured kind of through luck. Uh, I put the A armor's room when we go to it, and all the seven, mir seven mirrors is kind of at odds of what we know about him being very insecure. So even to himself in privacy, he's trying to try and be someone bigger than what he actually feels he is. I guess trying to psych himself up a bit to like kind of get that confidence. Yeah. If I believe it, everyone will. Yeah, exactly. You got to convince yourself first. What we, what do you think about Kirishima's room? You had some thoughts on that. Oh yeah, Kirishima's room when he, or no, I think it's actually more when he's in Tokoyami's room. He points out that he had a similar keychain in middle school, and it just kind of it kind of deals with. Sorry, it kind of hints at his flashback of kind of being. Like having black hair originally and being a bit more like really unsure about himself and then kind of getting trying to put on the kind of the confident front maybe a bit like Aoyama is too I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Aoyama had a similar backstory that he wasn't that flashy of a kid when he was doesn't that uh, maybe Aoyama has a similar backstory that he wasn't that flashy when he was a kid but then he got really flashy when he went into high school so maybe I'd be kind of cool if we got to see uh uh, Aoyami flashback because we still haven't yet. I want to see Aoyami the origin because that would be really cool. Was Kirishima's flashback called Kirishima the origin? I think it might have been, but we'd need to double check. I wonder if he had some more emo y stuff maybe in the box. Probably. Oh, maybe true! He had to be like very selective of what he brought. And I guess now, hopefully, as he gets like more comfortable with the class, maybe he can bring out some of that stuff. Because that is still like him. It's not bad. So maybe he can just like bond with Tokoyami over it. Did you think that Sero might be the traitor? Maybe a little bit. Just because like, he's very friendly with everybody. And he even has that line of like the unexpectedness. And like I would say maybe because like, for all of them, it feels like none of them could be the traitor. But Siro or... Uh, Hagagura or Kaminari are all like possible traitors for me. It's it's not enough to label him as a traitor, but especially after having Nezu talk about there being a traitor, everyone's on edge and looking for signs. It could be anybody. I think whoever it is, we're all gonna be really shocked. And I just, I'm just wondering about the degree of the traitor. Like, are they very much on the villain side, or are they only like giving little bits? And now that they they didn't realize how big of a deal it was going to be giving the training camp location. Yeah, or maybe they're doing it accidentally or something. They don't realize that they don't realize that um, they could be friends with one of the members and not realize who they actually are. Mm -hmm. Or they had something like placed on them, like a tracker at some point by somebody. So maybe they're not even the traitor because we actually don't know. But then, it's like, someone did let the villains in. So this person has also done other stuff before. Let the villains in back... Oh, no, sorry, they let the press in at, right at the start. Of I kind of want one of the 1A students to be a villain so that then they leave and Shinso can come in. <laughs> Maybe, and I hope... I feel like it might be one of the characters we see less of because if it was Ida, 
or like Ochigo, it would be like world shattering. It wouldn't really make as much sense. It wouldn't make sense. Like Ochiko, I could almost see it. Maybe if like they offered her a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money to set her family for life, and just have her be like, "We'll only ask you to do like really small stuff." Maybe, but even then, it's a stretch. She seems too nice of a girl. Just little crimes. But if she turned and like did an evil smile and was like, "It was an act all along," I'd be like, "Damn you!" But I, I don't think I don't. <laughs> I honestly, like, all of them, I have them, like, I don't think it's quite them, just because they all seem, like, nice, but that's the whole point of the heel turn, when anything could happen. With Yasra mentioning her tea again, because she mentioned it when they were doing the, uh, when they were practicing for the exam, she mentioned which sort of tea would they like at her house, and she mentions tea again. I wonder if Horikoshi was setting up gentle, even right at the start, so I'm going to have a character that really loves tea and there's going to be this long spiel about how he get breaks in and it's going to revolve around this tea that he loves someone else needs to love tea who will it be or maybe like he's like he's try- i guess he's trying to like flush out uh Yarozo a bit and kind of like oh I'll put the tea thing in and then when he thought of gentle he's like okay i can have him like tea and then i can kind of have that tying in moment so then uh, Deku can be like, oh, you said an expensive tea and you're the YouTube guy, so you're going to attack UA. That's a big thing to do. So maybe it's a mix of, a mix of both. Because he probably plans far ahead. It w- It is It is a good way to flesh out Yorozu a little bit. Because he obviously doesn't want to... He's been quite careful of not mentioning any of her, uh, her hero family at all yet. He wants to reveal that later on. Mm-hmm. So kind of just like, she's a rich girl and kind of having like the tea aspect, like, she likes really good tea. Even though she doesn't even say good tea, she just, like, I, I like the idea of her having tea parties with the class. The only other bit that I had that relates to the manga is I felt a little bit bad for the Kirishima and Ishido shippers when she was saying that she thinks that Todoroki is the most handsome. Oh, yeah, like, I kind of want them to, like, it would be cute if they, like, kind of got together, but alas. But, I don't know, you could think multiple people are cute, <laughs> maybe. So this is our manga recap. So this is issue, this is chapter number 189, Why He Gets Back Up. So it starts with we see Hawks walking next to two defeated white nomos. He's got his feathers there. He's saying, not so tough. We see some other heroes coming in saying, Hawks, that thing shot out nine more, so there's still more work to do. Four behind the station and three near the police box. Split up. Let's expand the evacuation zone. I'll rescue those who couldn't get away in time. So I guess the white nomus. Oh no, that thing that shot out nine more. We're talking about the black one. For a second I thought it was the white nomus that was spitting out more, but no, it's the black ones. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's the black one that's spitting out even more. And then we see a big boom, a big crash in the background as Hawks looks round. He's heard this big boom. He can see a building collapse, but he just looks like he doesn't care at all. I just want to say one thing. They mentioned a police box, and it kind of makes me think of Doctor Who. I didn't really realize that, like, Japan had that as well. They have, like, call stations. I don't know if Britain really still has that at all. Like, even, like, I know they don't have the old-timey one, but I don't, like, it's interesting. We don't have police boxes anymore, Sorry. really. But we do have the uh, we do have the telephone boxes, just bright red ones. Mm-hmm. Like, a few, just in case. So we see the black Nomu again, and he's standing over the rubble saying stronger hit heroes more 
more, more, more. And then he turns around, he sends something. We see the helicopter in the top. Uh, and they're saying, the news helicopter, and they're saying, that's right, folks. This single villain appeared out of nowhere and is now destroying the city. And while this is unconfirmed, we're hearing about a horde of engineered Nomu as well. Heroes on the scene are either engaged in combat or assisting with evacuation, but Endeavour was the first to act, and now he's... see some ellipses over his body, with blood from his eye, and his arms just beside himself as he lies on the concrete. The scene here is sadly reminiscent of the nightmare three months ago. In the background, we've got some more heroes fighting the white Nomu. Yeah, I like that one of the guys is doing like portal punches where he punches and then you can see his fist actually coming down from a different spot. And then we have a guy who kind of looks like he's kind of doing vines similar to Camwee Woods, but he's not Camwee Woods. Like different design, but a little similar. Ah, uh, the, the white Nomu. He's the one, his arms. Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. That's white Nomu. Oh, that's. Oh, that's the white Nomu's vines. That makes more sense. He's doing like tentacle stuff. I thought it was the guy with all in black. Uh, okay. Okay, I wouldn't make much sense for him to tentacle himself. <laughs> all these background heroes, I wonder if Horikoshi's just got a book of notes where he keeps them all and he and he writes down all their quirks and he probably does. Just all these background ones that we see just single shots of. Mm-hmm. I want an info book. I don't know if there is one yet. There probably is. I think there is. When there is one, we'll share it in our news segment. Yay! And we see all of a sudden Endeavor face ablaze. He's blasting himself at the black nomu and we get a cool the art in this chapter is amazing he's pulling back his punch i wonder if he kind of cauterized his wounds with fire and but he rears up to punch but the black nomu dodges his head out of the way we can kind of see like his face like shaded and then where he when he ducks down it's where his head actually is and he's here to feel he feels like a twang and the nomu says slow and he blasts uh endeavor into a building oh he re- he whips him it looks like he goes through one he goes through three buildings oh yeah either he goes through three buildings or that's just the that's just the extra appendage of the black nomu destroying three buildings i'm hoping that's it and endeavor's not gone through three buildings no, I think he put him through three buildings. So on to the next page, uh, we see a small shot of two unknown heroes. Well, we've seen, them, we've seen them briefly before, but they have no names. And they're saying, did you see that? No way. Where did this thing come from? If we don't evacuate the whole city, and there's the black Nomu standing with his arms out, just need stronger. He's, he's, really, he's still raring to go. If we don't evacuate the whole city, it's going to make Kimono look like nothing. We see Endeavour just in the rubble. His pose makes him look like he is, he is still trying to move. We cut back to the two, the two Todoroki siblings in their taxi. And, he's saying, and Natsu's saying, what's he thinking? If he can't fight, he should retreat and wait for backup. He knows better than anyone that he'll never be the next All Might. That's why he gave up so quickly and basically went insane, abandoning the kids he didn't care for and driving mum to breaking point. Give up and run, you. And we see in, uh, we see Endeavour, he is still up. He's trying to move. He's vomiting a lot of blood. He's got some real... That's that's not the blood you see from someone who's just got some oral injuries. He's got some real internal shit going on. His sister reprimands him and says, Natsu, I'm sure he gets that. Brother's unsure. 
She says, just because you understand something doesn't mean you'll accept it right. He never gave up. In fact, giving up is what he's worst at. And Adam, I'm kind of iffy about this conversation because I guess, like, the brother is kind of, like, saying, I think he's almost going to say, give up and run, you coward. Kind of saying, like, he gave up trying to reach All Might and then he, like, switched to doing the, trying to create ultimate kids. And I guess, like, his stubbornness is... It's good for this fight, and then it's bad for his kids and literally everyone else. I think he's still very bitter about everything that happened, isn't he? Yeah, he's still very bitter. Well, the, the sister is, like, a bit more understanding or, like, trying to, like, get it. So we kind of get to... It's, I think, like, the brother is kind of us or, like, some of the fans, and the sister is trying to, like... Is the author, Harakoshi, trying to, like, say, okay, but what about this? And it's kind of, like... We're not quite at a certain point yet, even though Endeavor definitely is cool, this chapter. It doesn't make him a good person. No, she can she can sort of see his character more from the bigger point of view rather than just their their horrible, abusive point of view. Yeah. And we see the panic crowds, and someone's yelling out, Keep calm, people. Please don't push. You'll be fine. Just follow evacuation orders. People are crying and screaming. Uh... Let me in. Someone is just, like, breaking into a car. I mean, don't shove. Uh, out of the way! Yeah, what's she gonna do? Is she gonna drive over them? Yeah, like, it doesn't help. I, like, I would think they'd be trying to get out of the car, because it's honestly not helpful. And it's just, it's a very much a different shot from when the All Might uh, One for All fight was going on. Oh, sorry. I think that's right. I was confused All for One and One for All. When he was fighting the Big Bad... Everyone was very much calm, all for one, and just watching the fight. But here, everyone's just booking it because they don't trust Endeavor to win. And we see a uh, high-end blast himself to the top, and he's saying, "Humans uh, over the humans over there, there." I can't. I I. He sounded like an old man there for a bit. I said, "Move it!" Someone's yelling in the crowd. There's a baby. Cr- there's a kid crying, and there's a hero yelling out, "Everyone, please calm down." You're gonna be just fine, and more people screaming, and we get the reporter who's, like, all being pushed around. She's saying, without a symbol, this is a society without a symbol of peace. And we cut to the students now. They're panicking how terrible, and everyone else, and we see Tokoyami and Kaminari are, and Ochiko and and Sue are all looking at the TV, but Momo, uh, Deku, Kirishima are looking at uh, Tokoyami. I think Bakugo is looking at him as well, isn't he? His face looks a little bit turned. Yep, I think so. And they said we just tuned turned in. We just tuned in and saw Endeavor. And you were right, Endeavor. Well, sorry, you were right. Eraserhead is going to Shoto, not to Endeavor. And he says Todoroki, you already saw. And Todoroki says, you gotta be kidding me. And I wonder, was the Razorhead just gonna, like, turn off the TV and be like, don't watch... Was he gonna try to hide it from him? Or was he gonna just, like, watch him to make sh- Like, what was his plan here? To hide it from him completely? I wonder if he was worried that he would see what's going on and run off. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind that Todoroki was in both... He, he went both with Stain and also to rescue Bakugo. True. So maybe he thought, oh, no, Tod- like. Todoroki's going to see this and try and leave. Yeah. And then it, they get interrupted by someone yelling on the TV, Stop that crap already! Open your eyes before spelling that off on the TV, especially at a time like this. 
Look! Those flames are still rising up. You see them, right? Endeavour's alive and fighting. And we see that fanboy, that Endeavour fanboy from a few chapters ago, who was disappointed when Endeavour came to sign his autograph because he just, he liked the cool and the aloof one, the cool, aloof version of Endeavour. And he says, so don't give up because the, because the, uh, so don't give up because the other guy's gone. And his friends are saying, give it up already, man. We've got to run. He says, there's still a dude out there risking all for us. Can't you see? He's really frantically trying to get everyone's attention. And we see the news again. We come to you again, up in the sky. Ah, here's the jet black villain. Oh, it's heading towards the evacuation site. Ah, but in hot pursuit is? Yes, that's right. It's Endeavour. You can, can also re regenerate. And in Endeavour's mind, we see him thinking, I'm nothing like you, freak. My body gave up a long time ago. Black Anomu again, he's punching forward, he's thrusting at him. I think he misses and just hits the fire, but it's not sure from that panel. But with a big vroom. I like that High End is like, do you also have multiple quirks? Like, he's sm like High End's smarter than other Nomu, but he, I don't think he's quite there. Or maybe he's also... Just being like sarcastic, maybe. I don't know if you can reach sarcasm. He's underestimating the willpower. Yeah, and we see that willpower in action because Endeavor is thinking, "I'm just pushing my body forward with my own firepower." He's just basically blasting his limp body around. It's thanks to the pain that I'm even conscious. You think I'm beat? This eye is giving out, but I can still see victory up ahead. More firepower, more beyond. He doesn't quite do plus ultra though. Good, I don't want plus ultra coming out of his mouth. Uh, and he thinks, "You freak! You don't want that head of yours getting hurt, huh?" Again, Endeavor is very smart, and it's too late to talk about capturing you alive. And he says, "Gotta go faster, faster than it can react. Gotta go fast, fast enough to burn that ugly mug to ash." And it just like you, he doesn't. He, I guess. It looks like he's high-end is smiling here. He actually has a mouth and he's not, like, smiling. I don't like his eyes. And then we get a shot. I thought, it, when I first read it, I thought Hawks was stealing his kill. Because then it goes, until then, I ain't gonna fall. And we see some feathers hit a high-end, kind of distracting him. And uh, Hawks says, here we go. And Endeavor, my feathers don't pack enough punch, but they make up for it with speed. I was watching you this whole time. I get it. And we can kind of see that High End actually, he's fired off a limb, stretched out a limb at Hawks. And we see that bit about to hit his goggles. R.I.P. goggles. What is with Horikoshi and eyes? Like, let people have eyes. What is this clamp? Stop taking eyes from people. I thought it looked like Hawks was trying to use his feather as a sword to cut off the head of... Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe? I guess we don't know what his feathers can do yet, the big ones. We don't completely know all their, all their attack. But I thought he looked like he was trying to trying to cut the head off. I think you're right. He's gripping something. I think we've I think in the previous chapters we have seen him do like long feathers, so he probably has like a really long feather there. And you see him slice at it. Oh yeah. So then we go on to the last two pages and we have a flashback. Mm -hmm. This is from Hawks' perspective. He's saying there was nobody out there really trying to surpass him. We can see All Might on one side and then there's a big crevasse in the middle and a few other people just sort of blacked out staring at his back. And he's looking at 
at this attack coming straight to him and he's thinking only you you were the only one working to surpass him and back in his flashback we can see endeavor right next to the right next to the gorge and he's got a small piece of wood and stone he's trying his best to get away across to him but hawks is just set he needs to watch he needs to read dr stone and learn how to build a bridge and we see Hawks in the background as he is now. And I think maybe that's little Hawks. That's his younger version next to him. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, nah, it's not going to happen. You can try as much as you want, but you're not going to get there. How awkward can one guy be? I mean, come on. So he's he's being a douche. He's like, uh, you can try your best, but you're not going to get there. So why bother? I mean, it's awkward. Just judgmental sap. And he's saying, my feathers are already flying your way. And he's thrusting his feathers forwards to propel Endeavour into, into the Nomu. And as Endeavour's going forwards, Hawks is saying, I'll push you into number one. And we've got a great shot there of Endeavour's fist just going straight into his face. And we can see his, his eyes being his mouth opening up into these weird rectangular metal-looking teeth, which we haven't seen before. Exactly. It's this weird, like, shark face. It looks kind of funny, but it's, it's like, creepy as well. He's like, I'm gonna die! And I love, like, I think people have kind of been thinking that Hawks will have this kind of, like, Icarus thing of losing his wings or something, but now we get fire wings! It's like, you're, if your flames, if your wings catch fire, just use it to beat up the villain. I wonder if he can grow his fires back, because uh, I'm sure they can't withstand all of that heat that Endeavor's putting out, so either, so if he does, if he can't regrow his feathers, he's gonna lose them, or if they regrow, like, if they oh, grow yeah. back very slowly... He's going to be missing a few. But there's quite a lot there because it looks like they're even giving Endeavour the vision of wings at the top. So it's a lot of feathers that he's pushing forward. he might have given all of them. Let's, let's go back. Like, he might be... He, if, he, if you look, when he's kind of... When he has maybe the feather sword, he has very, very tiny wings. And then in the neck, in the bottom right corner, he has like almost... You can't really see anything wings. At that point, he's probably sent them out. So, like, and he's about to get hit in the face. So he's going to be falling to the ground, most likely. And maybe, or maybe, like, it, like, uh, sorry, maybe High End will miss because he goes hit in the face, but Hawks falls because he doesn't have his wings. That'd be a funny word. It'd be interesting if he dodged it because of that. I, it looks like my Hawks villain theory is wrong, but I'm still holding by it. Because, I mean, if he if he's with the villains and he knows how strong they are mm-hmm. and he's trying to get rid of Endeavour, propelling him towards the enemy is surely the best way. Yeah. I, like, I kind of thought for a sec that he was like, was he attacking Endeavour? I was like, what's he doing? But then it's kind of propelling him. But I wonder, is this enough to defeat High End? He's just kind of moving faster and he's actually, like, landing a really good hit in, I guess. But I don't know if that's enough to beat High End. If he's going for the brain... Because we've seen that he's cut his head off and he's he's regenerated. So if he's going for the brain, that would be the that would be the end all. Oh, yeah. Hopefully he'll just like torch it. But then like I guess they won't be able to find out why. And I guess I I don't think Hawks is evil. I just think like he maybe he's like more self motivated than he puts on. Like I get it does very much seem like he does want Endeavor to be number one. But it would be interesting if. He wants Endeavor to be number one because Endeavor, you don't need a really big villain to knock Endeavor down like you did All Might. To take down Endeavor, all you need to do is have, let's say Dabi is a Todoroki or someone talks to the brother 
and he spills, the, he talks about stuff that happened, and just destroy him in the press, saying that he's an abuser and a horrible, like a bad person, a bad father, and have the public turn on him and hate him. Because sure, he likes hate of a lot of people here, and he has a really bad past. So I wonder if like they might try a different way of attacking Endeavor, like make sure like okay, now people are, uh, we have a new number one, and he did this cool thing, but they'll kind of shake the faith in heroes a different way. Yeah. They could, I mean, they could shake the faith in that way. I, I don't know how they'd find out, because it seems to be a well-kept secret. But I think Endeavour would still carry on being a hero, wouldn't he, unless, unless the police arrested him. But to arrest someone, someone else needs to press charges. And I don't know if any of the yeah. Todoroki family would press charges against them. Mm-hmm. If Dabi is a Todoroki, he could, but he's also a villain, and, like, would they build trust what he said? Like... I don't know. It's very much like I don't. They don't have enough proof to, or like they don't have people to. Te- they don't have people to like testify about it. And if Dabi, if Dabi is a Todoroki, he'd have to tell everyone that. He'd have to get, tell everyone his identity, which it seems like he really doesn't want to do yeah. at the time. I guess they could kind of do like go to a news station and have like, oh, we have a secret source close to the Todorokis telling us that such and such happened, and then see what Endeavor says, or like see if anyone else comes out agreeing with that. So the the chapter's off next week, but when it comes back, what do you think will happen? Uh, I'm kind of hoping that it'll just kind of maybe the might be the aftermaths of this, or just we cut to the students completely. Like this might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll we'll cut to like a bloody hawks or not. I don't know if maybe we'll like kind of do what they did with Ragdoll and the other people and kind of do like oh and just Genist, kind of being like oh they're injured. Like I think I don't. I kind of hope the endeavor thing's done. Maybe we'll have like one more chapter of him being like, "Oh, I'm number one for in like heart now as well." I'd like Endeavor to have won, but not be able to be a hero. I think that would be interesting. Be like, I've been a hero for so long. What do I do now? I was kind of wondering, like, would Recovery Girl heal him? Are there other people with healing quirks? Like, could he? Is he gonna have to have? Is did he lose? I guess if you look at his eye, he said he was losing vision in it, but on the last page, it looks like it's open, so maybe he can kind of see out of it. Even with Recovery Girl, there's only so much she can fix. There's only so much she can do. He'll probably have a matching scar to Todoroki. But I think it would be interesting to see if Hawks does become number one, what he would do. Because if he isn't a villain, he, he does have this lazy point of view. If he's number one... He'll surely have to put more work in, and that, if he's being genuine, that's not what he wants. Uh, I do so. I yeah. I wonder if Hawks is okay. Like, is he also gonna need some medical attention? Like, did he dodge out of the way, or is he like? It's looking like it's gonna hit the middle between his eyes. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be able to dodge. Otherwise, he's been brought in very quickly, so not really a huge amount to then write him off. I know Caleb was posting online that the next person in line is going to be uh, Edshot. Because Edshot's number four, and like Genus is out, is kind of like down for the count for a bit, even though he is number three. Um, I'm just going to say Caleb's Twitter, just so... Because he has a really amazing thread that, like, if you like My Hero Academia, you should be following Caleb. Okay, uh, you can follow Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's the Jap- he's the translator for My Hero Academia for Shonen Jump. His Twitter is uh, at CD Cubed, and he does really awesome chapter breakdowns 
for My Hero Academia, as well as Dr. So Natty also translates. So definitely follow him and check out his Twitter threads. They're really cool. Okay, so thank you for listening. So we have been the My Hero Academia podcast. You can find us on Twitter at mhapod. And you can also email us at myheropod at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sniper of My Heart. Yep, and I'm on Twitter at Chopper's Antlers.